Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit, joined by my wingman, my my right hand man. Wow, uh, the good the good Deacon Elijah Delello. Wow, that's, we're ready. We're I'm, I'm the wingman, right hand wingman. <laughs> that's right. That's me. Uh, welcome back to our podcast. Uh, we would just ask if you are a fan of this podcast that you would please like and subscribe to it. And that way we can get this podcast out to more people. Thanks for joining us again today. We are going uh, through our series on the sacraments. But before we jump into the next sacrament we need uh, to talk about, uh, Deacon, today is a very special day for you. Yes. We are recording this. It's a on- Thursday. <laughs> Thursdays are very special days. <laughs> we are recording this on July 20th. Yes. Deacon, why is today a special day for you? Today is the feast of the prophet Elijah uh, in the, well, you won't see it if you look in your Magnificat. Yeah. You won't see it if you look on the Roman calendar, but yeah. it's, or the it's UCC, USCCB website. No, it's like not going to be there, but if you're a, a Carmelite, then you will see it there, uh, which I don't think that there's any Carmelites listening to us right now. Uh, well, or you don't know you, that. Well, I, I there might be some third order Carmelites. Maybe. Well, but I was thinking about like the the you know the ones in the like the cloister. For yeah, sure, there are no cloister listening, nuns to, listening to, right to us now right now about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, but but no, for sure, third order. Yeah, they wouldn't. Maybe know. maybe there's some other like not cloistered Carmelites. <laughs> maybe they're listening. They're feeling that Vendican Vendican vibe. Yeah, you know? and they knew they knew what I was going to say because yeah. they knew the day was a special one for sure. And then also the Byzantine Eastern Catholic. Yeah, Church. the Eastern Catholics celebrate the prophet the Elijah. Prophet Elijah. It is interesting that we don't celebrate really anyone in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I know. Like Abraham, Moses, David. I know. I know. Who else do you think should have made it onto the calendar? Should have? Yeah. I mean, like Elijah, you know, any other Old Testament G's that you think oh, should have made it? Oh, I mean, probably. I'm afraid to say who though right now. Well, I'm just saying off the top of your head, who do, who's like... <laughs> Off the top of my head, I mean, like probably like Moses. Yeah, Moses. Moses appeared in the Transfiguration for too, sure. You know? Yeah, Moses and Elijah did appear with our Lord, so it's a good cause to think that they yeah. were probably. You it's know, a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah, and they weren't like these flames. <laughs> <laughs> it burns as precious. <laughs> Was it like Jacob Marley and? Uh, oh no, yeah, that's right. And friends. Yeah. <clears throat> Marley and Marley. Marley and Marley from the Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> See, that's how I know it. So whenever I watch another one of the, like a Christmas yeah. Carol, that's not the Muppet version. Because in the Muppet version, there's two. Because yeah. it's the two old men. Yeah. I'm always like, where's the other guy? But like the original was just, it's just the it one guy. Just, just the one Jacob Marley. So. The Muppets have left an indelible mark upon our, <laughs> okay. our conscience. Yes. They are, uh, thanks be to God for the Muppets. Yes. But we digress. We are mm. not here to talk about, we, we've really digressed. We started talking about the wonderful feast of the uh, prophet the Elijah Holy prophet and we Elijah ended with the Muppets. With the Muppets. That's, that's only, that's only a digression that can happen on this podcast. <laughs> Which is making me like think about a movie where like the Muppets are playing out 
like, like the, the Old Testament. Like the Old Testament. Why don't we have that? I don't know. That is the crossover. That's that's the crossover we need. Muppets it, in the Old Testament. You have like Animal playing the prophet Elijah. That would be somewhat fitting. Fire! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be good. Yes, for fire, sure. Fire, Miss fire. Piggy could be like Jezebel. Yeah, yes. Uh, that's probably her worst role, though. She's not usually the enemy, <laughs> but, uh, you know. But she is sassy. So if that is true. She's very sassy, yeah. Anyways, if here we ever, are. Yeah, wow, we've... <laughs> okay, let's come back. We are... It's really hot outside. It's really hot outside. So We've set records in Phoenix for heat. We might be a little delirious. <clears throat> We're dehydrated right now. We're seeing doubles, but we promise you we will not say anything heretical. We might say something crazy. Yes. But we won't say anything radical. Yes. So we're, we're going through the sacraments. We have covered the sacraments of initiation. We have covered the sacraments of healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we are on to the last two sacraments. Do these sacraments have a, a nifty title or category that we put them in? You know, I know they do. And I can't think of what it is right now. That's okay. What it's is it? Hot out. It's, it's hot out. <laughs> You've got Muppets on the brain. It is hot out. Yes. <laughs> But uh, the vocational sacraments, that's right. That what yeah. I would just, I don't know if that's what theologians call them, but the sacraments that, that deal with vocations, marriage and holy orders. So, but today we want to talk about marriage, mm-hmm. uh, the sacrament of marriage. And so as we have been doing with all of our sacraments, uh, you know, our definition of a sacraments, so that, that they are a, a sign, a visible sign instituted by Christ. Uh, that communicates grace for the upbuilding of his church. And so we have been just looking to the scriptures to see where these sacraments uh, are found, where Christ founds them. And some of them we have seen that Christ very explicitly, you know, institutes these sacraments and then others uh, more implicit in his institution of them. So, you know, the sacrament of, you know, the Eucharist very explicitly instituting this at the Last Supper. And then more implicitly, he institutes, you know, uh, penance or things like that. So we can turn to a couple places in scriptures, but I want to begin deacon in the Gospels. I uh, will kind of just do a quick little survey of, 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 of some gospel passages uh, the first being um, Matthew 19 mm-hmm. and Mark 10. Yeah. And this is Christ <clears throat> teaching about marriage. Um, and so in Matthew 19, uh, verse 10, he says, uh, well, excuse me, the disciples say to him, if such is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. But he said to them, not everyone can receive this saying, but only those to whom it is given. <clears throat> and then we can go to uh, Mark's gospel. And this is uh, Mark chapter 10. <clears throat> and I believe this is verse 2. Uh, and they, you know, they're, they're coming to, to test him about whether or not it is lawful to uh, divorce and Jesus answers them in, in Mark chapter 10, verses 3. Uh, he says, what did Moses command you? Uh, they said, Moses allowed a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. And Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. 
Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Mm -hmm. So we see Christ here teaching upon marriage. Uh, so there's a couple of things we can we can glean from this. First is that you know that marriage was there from the beginning. Yeah, um, and that the God made. Uh, there's a way in which you know marriage is is natural. Um, it is something in, in nature that, that human beings would, would pair off. And, and I find it actually even so beautiful uh, at, in the marriage rite, at the nuptial blessing, uh, that we say that, that this is one of, like, I think it's like the only gift that survives, like the fall and the flood. Um, and then we see Christ here um, teaching on it. He is uh, elevating it to the level of a sacrament and teaching on its... Uh, and that's indissolubility. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't remember if we said this last time when we did the sacrament of penance, but so this is one of two sacraments that there was something already present. So, so the marriage was, was already, you know, given to Adam and Eve by God in the garden, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to, 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 for them to come together, be fruitful and multiply. Right. And then Jesus raises it to the level of the sacrament. Um, but it's, it's also the same with, with penance so that even like when the, when the, um, when the church teaches about penance, you know, they say that even before the sacrament of penance, there was the virtue of penance. Mm. And we see that again with the fall mm -hmm. that right after the fall, there's penance. And so it's, it's, it's something that God takes and then, and then, you know, Jesus takes and elevates to the level of a sacrament, which means that he, he applies his own salvific remedy and power to it. And then through the sacramental signs, you know, infuses it with his, with his own grace and power, which is really cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Way to go, marriage. Way to go, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and then we can, you know, maybe just maybe flesh out a little bit more about, well, let's, uh, before I get there, I want to, I want to just go to the, to the last gospel passage that is an important one for the institution of marriage. That's in John's gospel, John chapter two, uh, with the wedding feast of, of Cana, uh, where Jesus performs his first miracle at a wedding. Um, and so how, how is this, you know, how, how, what can you maybe just unpack a little bit for us, how this is elevating this, the, the marriage into a, a sacrament or, or what Jesus is doing here uh, It's in, in relation to the sacrament of matrimony. Yeah. Yeah. So again, um, just to kind of backtrack a little like marriage, the, so this sacrament, you don't see like the explicit moment in scripture where, where Jesus is saying, you know, here, here is marriage and this is a sacrament. But what we're, what we do see is the way that the Lord, um, the Lord speaks about it in Mark 10 and in, in Matthew 19. Mm -hmm. And then also what he does at a, a wedding. So they have uh, here at the the marriage at the wedding feast at Cana, yeah. Um, and there's so much here. I mean, you yeah, could just no, do like do a whole podcast, a whole thing on this. But um, but that Jesus is present at the marriage, and he does uh, what John tells us is his first sign, um, his first sign in the Gospel of John, um, which which is really what is going to kind of kick off um, his his ministry in, in a in a real way in yeah. this gospel. 
but that he is, um, by being present at that marriage, by performing this miracle that he is sanctifying this, this marriage here and kind of similar with when the Lord is baptized by John the Baptist, that he receives the baptism, but it's in a way where he's, he's kind of, he's kind of taking that on himself on behalf of everyone. Right. So he's kind of performing this action. He is sanctifying the waters. That's right. So now the waters are holy for baptism. Yeah. And so it's something similar here. So his presence at the wedding and his performing of a miracle at a wedding mm-hmm. sanctifies Christian marriage and wedding. Yeah. yeah. And I would say, and, and just, to, I mean, it's, it's hard for me not to do this right now, but I'm just going to do it. Do but, it, uh, friend. so it's your feast day. If it is my feast day, <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Muppets, but, um, so if you, if you're, if you look closely at John two, um, the mm-hmm. first verse, it says on the third day. Mm-hmm. And so John is counting, he's counting days. So if you go earlier in the first chapter, you can see that he's kind of counting days. Um, but he says on the third day, And then if you follow in the text closely enough, and he continues to count the days, he he tells you, um, he tells you that this third day is the third day, uh, from, from four days prior. So, so three plus four is seven. And so they're having real good math. Thank you very much. This is. Hot out. I know, I know. <laughs> but so if if you look at the creation narrative, though, it's on the yes. seventh day that that God rests, but it's also on the seventh day that He has Adam and Eve. So you have the 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 man and the woman. You have um, the 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 covenant sign of 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 rest, but you also have the institution of the primordial, the first, the original sacrament of mm-hmm. marriage between Adam and Eve. But now you have Jesus and Mary, yeah. who are at the the wedding feast at Cana on the seventh day. Um, and, and Jesus, you know, calls her woman, which is evoking back to, to Eve, Eve the, yeah. the first woman. So Mary is the new Eve, the new woman. Um, and you have Jesus who is the new Adam. Yeah. And so you kind of have like all of this marital imagery. Um, and then in the midst of all of that, um, you have, um, the Lord Jesus just, you know, performing this, this miracle with wine Mm -hmm. and there's just, there's just so much imagery going on here. But, um, I think it's just, it's, it's really important to note how this kind of ties back to, to Genesis, because that's where we get, you know, the Lord, the Lord himself, um, you know, gives us marriage with the very first man and woman. Amen. And then just our last sort of scriptural testimony to marriage, uh, we have St. Paul reflecting on it and, and, and its relationship to Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 25 to uh, 33, and those last two verses, so he's talking about marriage and, and husbands loving their wives and, and giving themselves up for her and, um, and how wives are, are to relate to their husbands. Uh, But then in these last two verses, 32 and 33, he says, this mystery is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Um, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Uh, And so in his reflection upon marriage between a man and a woman, he sees in it, because um, now Christ has elevated it to the level of a sacrament. He sees now how marriage in this elevated state is a reflection of Christ's relationship to his church. Mm-hmm. And so you can see how now it's not just this uh, 
natural uh, societal institution that's good for society that a man and woman pair off and, and have children and, and it's has all these societal benefits. But now um, Christ coming blesses it and now elevates it. So now that this coupling, this this marriage now reflects Christ's relationship with his church. Yeah. And this, um, you know, it's, 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 again, this is just so rich, but when you look at, um, Jesus's sacrifice on Calvary, uh, which I'm sure we're going to get to that, but, you know, St. Paul is, is really showing us the way in which, um, the Lord, the Lord is teaching us about marriage is through the own Christ's own actions on the cross. And so when he says, you know, husband loves, love your wives as, 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 you know, Christ loved the church and gave himself over, yeah. you know, what happens on the wedding night is that, you know, the woman and the man, they give themselves over to each other. They yes. give their bodies over to each other. And what happened on the cross is, is, you know, Jesus gave his body over for his, his, um, bride, the church. And so Christ becomes the standard of what mm-hmm. it means, um, to live this out, you know, to live this out and, and to, to receive one another as Christ has given and received us. Yeah. And we are, you and I are, are not married. Nope. We have vowed celibacy and chastity. Praise God for that. And, and so, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, we can see just, just marriages in the world and, and they, and they're just caught up in, in, and and caring for just just worldly things. I mean, you have to care for the home. Uh, you have to care for the children. You have to care for one another. There's all these there's all these things that uh, you know just the day to day and and making sure you know there's time for one another and schedules and getting kids to places and 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 changing diapers and paying bills and you know just the myriad of concerns and cares that just make up the, the normal rhythm of a day or a week in, in a household. Um, and yet Paul says, St. Paul says that th- this mystery is profound, um, that there is there, that, that, that your marriage is, is a profound mystery. Um, mm-hmm. and that even in all of those day-to-day things, even in all of those cares and all those little ways in which you sacrifice for one another. Um, there's, there's a profound mystery of, of Christ being present there in, in, in the spouses relating to one another in this way. And so I think it's maybe just important to, to be reminded of that from time to time, um, because it can seem so marriage can seem so, you know, just burdened with the affairs of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to kind of take a step back and to recognize that, um, you are living out a profound mystery that in some way reveals and images Christ and his church to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, you know, it, it seems like what the church says too, is that the actual institution of marriage is through Christ's act on mm-hmm. the cross. So he's, because the, what marriage is supposed to be is, is the, the reflection of Christ's love for the church. And so every married couple is meant to reflect the love that Christ has for his church, which is a very high calling. Yes. Um, so when we talk about, even when we talk about, you know, next week we talk about uh, priesthood, 
but then even beyond priesthood, when we talk about, you know, any type of consecrated life to, mm-hmm. to religious life or uh, consecrated virginity, um, that marriage is still a very high calling. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's a beautiful, um, beautiful it's, sign, it's nothing yeah. to shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know many people who, who, um, have been married for a very long time and who speak about, um, you know, the challenge that marriage can be, um, but that it is meant to be something that purifies and makes holy it is meant to be something yeah. that, um, again, is the image of Christ's love for us on the cross. So it's, it is a mystery. It is a mystery, and and even that word, you know, I think we we said right. very early on that yes. that word mystery or mysterion, um, that there is a kind of an equivalency to the word sacramentum, where a mystery and, and a sacrament yes. um, are, have very similar meanings. Um, so that even when Saint Paul talks about being a steward of the mysteries elsewhere in Scripture, that he's talking about the sacraments. Yes, and so um, just as a sacrament is a sacred sign, which you know, confers grace, um, that a, a mystery, that the mystery of marriage, that marriage is a, in itself a, a sign of Christ's relationship with the church and how he gives himself over to the church. Amen. So really just scratching the surface here of what Christ and the scriptures testify to, to marriage. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more that we could say, uh, but Further up and further in, we must we must talk about other other aspects of the mystery. Onward, onward, good Christian soldier. <laughs> um, so we have been discussing the different things that that constitute a sacrament that that make it up. The things that you need for a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been we've been kind of you know if you go back and listen, we've been talking about the matter in the form of a sacrament. Yes, and so uh, could you maybe just. Remind us what we mean by the matter in the form of a sacrament deacon, and then what what is the matter in the form of marriage? I'm not going to ask you what is the matter this time. <laughs> Thank you. So the matter would be um, whatever whatever material we're using, whatever uh, physical substance we are using, whether it be the water or the oil, um, along with whatever, you know, actions there might be in the form is, you know, the spoken words. Um, and so again, it's just, I think just baptism is just an easy one For to sure, use, yeah. but baptism, you know, the matter would be the, the water, uh, the pouring of the water, uh, and the form would be, I baptize you in the name of the father and yeah. the son and the Holy spirit. Um, Marriage is very, it's a very unique. Yeah. So just to, we talk about our kind of thing sacrament. Here. We say that it's a, mm-hmm. it's a sacred sign and the matter and the form are that sign yeah. that we can look to, we can point to and say, okay, like that's, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so marriage is unique in many respects, but, but tell us why it's unique in, in regards to its matter and its form to its, to, to what the sign is. So, um, the matter for marriage is also the form for wow. marriage whoa yeah but uh marriage just it just they just it just it just wants to be unified it just wants yeah, to unite that's right things just want to unite in marriage that's right um but the the matter and the form would be the consent the consent given by the spouses um and this is also where marriage is a little unique is that the minister so typically you know like the minister for the eucharist the minister would be uh you know a, a priest um, minister for even for a bapt- baptism would be, you know, a deacon, a priest. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but for marriage, the ministers are actually the, the couple. It's, it's the man and the wife. So through their word, through their um, uh, giving and receiving consent, yes, um, that is what forms the the marital bond. Um, and how can you know that be matter and form? Well, I guess because the matter, um, so it's it's the word that's being spoken. It's the actual thing that's that's creating the marital bond, mm-hmm. but it's also the form. Because it has to be both given and received. Yeah, someone has to receive it. Yeah, and it's also that the form um, it, it it helps to specify with the matter um, what the meaning is or yeah. what the effect is. Right. And so when you actually speak and hear and receive, you know that that I you know give myself and and the the the, the wife says to the husband I give myself mm-hmm. and and they receive that it's that effect of that sacrament is being spoken through the word yeah so it's um it's really beautiful actually it is really beautiful quite beautiful uh, I think it it might be important to distinguish that there is sacramental form that we're talking about right now but then in in regards to marriage we also have canonical form mm-hmm. where uh the church requires her law requires that uh, for the marriage to actually be valid that that it has to be done a certain way mm-hmm. um that it has to be in a church in the presence of a priest uh the church gives you the words to say and you don't get to write your own vows that's uh, right yeah so so there's a couple of things that make up uh the canonical form canonical meaning like the law of the church so there are some things there as well um in that just uh, i have dr peters my canon law professor in my head right now and and, uh, and and another thing that you also need you know for the marriage is that the people have to have the capacity to to give, to say the words, and then also to give consent. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're talking about like receiving that consent as part of the form. And so you have to be free. You have to be, you have to have entered into this marriage freely uh, so that you have the, you're able to, to freely consent to it. Um, you, know, you can't be held, you can't marry someone at gunpoint, you know, and, and make them just say the words. Uh, they would not be freely consenting to marrying this person. So that wouldn't be a, a, a real marriage there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also need the capacity. Um, and so, you know, the, the meaning like you can't be intoxicated or inebriated in any way. You need to be of your right mind. Um, you can't be, you know, can't get married if you're unconscious. You know what I mean? You can't just wake up and be like, ta-da, we're married. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. actually need to have uh, the capacity to do it. And so those are just some other things that that kind of shine light onto that the ne- the ability and the necessity to to say the words freely and then to receive the words of the other freely. Yes, indeed. So that is the, the sign. Uh, and then there are some... There's the the grace and the effects of the sacrament. And so every sacrament has an, an abiding effect, an effect that lasts. Uh, and so what is the abiding effect of the sacrament of marriage, good deacon? So the abiding effect would be the marital bond. So as we said, when they exchange vows, there is a, a marital bond that is created between the spouses. And that this would last until uh, the death of one of the spouses, which is why say till till death do you part Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so long as they are alive the bond lasts yes that is the abiding effect 
Yes. Um, I almost said something very silly. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. Okay, this is this is not this is clearly not the podcast for silliness. <laughs> I know. We would never say anything silly. Could have been very interesting. But we see this in and even in the in the teaching of Christ, where that, that passage we led read from from Mark's gospel, um, where Jesus tells us that the two shall become one flesh, so they no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Mm-hmm. Um, that that you can't separate this bond. Um, that only death can separate the bond of marriage. It's it's an effect that abides. Yep, and uh, I'm just looking to at. Um, You're looking. Yes, I'm looking. I'm just because there's within the marital bond. So there's the because we, we talked about you know with some of the characters that you receive in baptism mm-hmm. and confirmation mm-hmm. that you receive a new mission, um, and yes. I think that this is very important. Um, yes, but with the marital bond. You know, the couple receives the mission to to sanctify marriage and the family and form a domestic church. Yeah. Um, and this is just especially just very important today because so often the, you know, the part of, of what you're agreeing to when you're when you're getting married is the is the procreation and education mm-hmm. of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are agreeing to come together that, that you really are looking forward to the time when you have children and that you're raising them in the faith, which means that you don't have to be a theologian, but it means that you're able to, to both evangelize your children Mm -hmm. and catechize your children, Mm -hmm. which means that you're able to help them to come into a relationship and an encounter with the Lord, but that also they're, they're going to be receiving some education in in what it means to be a Catholic, Catholic man or a Catholic woman. I think that's a a good segue into just the the graces that 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 individuals, that men and women, that spouses receive uh, when they when they are married. Uh, that there's always sacramental graces that are given, particular, special, unique graces that are given uh, to individuals. And, and I think what's kind of really important to to recognize which is true of, of all the sacraments, but I think maybe important to recognize and in, in spe- specifically here at marriage is that, you know, we talk about these sacramental graces helping individuals live out the, the, the sacrament that they have received and that they're not like generic graces, mm-hmm. um, that they are graces kind of tailor made for you yeah. and for your marriage and for your situation um, to live out to live out a holy marriage um, with however many kids you have, mm-hmm. with whatever your income is, with whatever you know town you live in, and, and, and the particular struggles that are unique to to your personality, to your spouse's personality, to to the day and age that we live in, that um, that those are really specific, that they're tailor made to kind of fit you, mm-hmm. um, and then to help your gifts, to help you be holy in this, and it's not just some like holy dust that gets sprinkled on everyone. And then we all be kind of like, we look like just whitewashed saints. We all look the same. Mm-hmm. That, that the way your marriage is going to be holy and the way you're going to live out the mission and the way that you're going to evangelize 
um, is going to be vastly different than the person living next to you or the, per, or the family that sits in front of you in the pew. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is that mission that is given to you, but it's going to look different. Yeah, It's going to incarnate itself. It's going to concretize itself. It's going to, to manifest and, and be fruitful in ways that is different from any other couple. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even just even more broadly, like that, the mission, like whatever your specific marriage, whoever your specific marriage is, is meant to touch Mm -hmm. and encounter. And just thinking of like in my head that, you know, there's, there's couples I know who do marriage prep. There's couples I know who like they're missionaries Mm -hmm. and they just go around with their families and, you know, and and it's like you said, father, it's all going to be different, but that whatever your situation is specifically that you receive those graces for your marriage, but then also to, to have that mission to go out and to witness. Cause again, that marriage itself is a witness to Christ in the cross and what he does for the church as a whole. So to witness wherever you're at. And that one of the graces that couples receive when they, when they marry is that, you know, they're given the grace, they're given the strength, they're given a, a supernatural ability to love their spouse and to love their children. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you have to cooperate with that. Um, you know, it's not, you have to you have to participate in that. You have to dispose yourself to it, um, but faith. but I think that's so important. Like because I think we're we're seeing people not getting married or yeah. postponing marriage, yeah. um, and and it's becoming harder and harder and harder for individuals to to make commitments and even to make lifelong commitments. And there's something about entering into the sacrament um, that's saying that's that's going to give you the strength and the ability to love until the end, mm-hmm. um, to be faithful until the end, mm-hmm. that that God's not going to just, you know, tie you to this man or tie you to this woman and then you're just going to have to, you know, suffer and deal with it, you know, that, and, and, and I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make light of, of particular struggles that the people might have in, in their own marriages and their own relationships, but um, it obviously it takes two, you know I mean? It takes both parties to, to cooperate and, and to, to have a holy marriage and, and, uh, but, and even when both are, but when both are cooperating, it's still hard. Yep. <laughs> when both are trying, it's still hard. And that marriage gives you, uh, uh, the grace, a supernatural ability to, to love, to love that person who's might be really hard to love some days. Um, mm-hmm. even, even if they're trying. Yeah. Amen. So those graces are there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, in particular that it, it strengthens charity, you know, that there's, there's a specific type of charity that it yeah. takes to, to be married and to raise kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, John Paul II also spoke about how there's a particular uh, gift of piety, mm. um, which gives a special reverence toward, uh, mar- marital love, you know, yeah. the conjugal act. Um, and, and so it's, again, there's just this, this specific grace to help to purify what is meant to bring spouses together, uh, in the most, you know, most beautiful and intimate way yeah. that spouses can come together. Uh, but that in the midst of that, there's a, there's a gift of the spirit to, to help to purify and to, to build, you know, uh, the union, uh, between the spouses, even in that act, which I think is pretty beautiful. Really beautiful. Yeah. Really beautiful. Well, Deacon. Well, well, well. We've got one left. 
We, we've got one what left? <laughs> we've got one sacrament left to cover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we got one day left. Uh, no. We've, like tomorrow's going to be 185 six, degrees. We've done six of the seven sacraments. Okay. We've, we've, just, we've just completed another podcast. And we have just, one that, that could mean anything for us, Father. You know, we've got true. one left. I mean, I'm still thinking about like what I ate for breakfast. And you know, we, we got one egg left. We oh I didn't just, I haven't seen the fridge yeah know. maybe we got one piece of bacon left you know it could be anything could be anything you're right I what I meant is we have one <laughs> podcast left on the sacraments yeah there's one sacrament left to cover one more sacrament so but it's that time it's time for the the, the question okay and I must say that you have inspired me today oh boy every time you say that I uh, and okay. And just the idea of of Muppets yeah. portraying stories from the Bible oh, is, is just a I, I just I need this in my life. I realized mm. uh, it's the cultural yeah. crossover. I didn't know that I needed. Yes. And so, if you were in charge of casting a Muppet to play a character from the Bible, who do you think would be just a, a great cast? A, a perfect like if they would just fit the role perfectly. Oh man. Um, any particular character? It could, be any, it could be any Muppet and any character in the Bible. Wow. Um, <laughs> gosh. You know, I, I feel like Fozzie Bear would, mm. would make a really good Moses. Wow. Interesting. Just like the beard. Yes. You know? Okay. Um, yeah. And in particular, you know, there's in Muppet Treasure Island, he, he's, he like talks to his finger. He does. And like Moses, you know, there's the, you know, the finger of God writes the tablets and everything. So I don't know if there could be like a like wow. a thing there, you know. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I think like Fozzie Bear would be a great Moses. Fozzie Bear as a great Moses. That's yeah. just that's spectacular. Yeah. That is spectacular. What about you? <sighs> yeah, this is this is a tough one. <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, I think I think maybe like like Gonzo, yeah, as like uh, as like Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> just like the the trickster, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and he's just like kind of stealing the blessing from people, you know what I mean? Maybe steals it from Rizzo Rat. Oh, for know. sure, yeah. So, yep. I feel like I feel like Gonzo could could do a good Jacob. Person. Okay, all right. <laughs> Please pray for us. It's yeah. like 190 degrees here. You can tell our minds are fried, and so. Uh, we Man, are, we are persevering in the desert heat, heat in Phoenix. But uh, well, if we see a movie come out with the Muppets cast as Old Testament characters, we maybe. probably should sue for for copyright. That's you know? right, yeah. especially if Fozzie Bear's Moses. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord, Deacon. Please save us and end this podcast in <laughs> <a> prayer. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you for uh, this beautiful sacrament of matrimony and we pray for all of those who have called to this sacrament those who are already married those who are engaged those who are in relationships and discerning marriage that you would give them uh, just that grace and encouragement lord to to take up this cross uh, that it may truly sanctify them and conform them to you and we also pray for anyone who is struggling in their marriage lord that that the beauty of of uh, the married vocation even in the midst of hardship uh, that you, Lord Jesus, who have vowed yourself to your church, would also uh, strengthen them 
give them the grace to live out what they have vowed themselves to in you. And we also ask Our Lady for intercession, St. Joseph, to be with us as well. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's .f-a-i-t-h. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith slash give. That's becomefire.faith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.